You are Locked On Kentucky, your daily Kentucky Wildcats podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Welcome to the Locked On Kentucky Podcast. We bring you info and insights on UK football and basketball every weekday. Stay informed by making us part of your morning or afternoon commute. Listen and follow for free on Apple or Google Podcast. Simply subscribe to Locked On Kentucky. I'm Dan Reefer with Fox 56 along with Kyle Tucker of The Athletic. We're recording this on Tuesday night uh, for your listening pleasure on Wednesday and uh, whenever you want to do it. Uh, If you just subscribe, it pops up. you know, it's easy to do. I had to tell somebody the other day, uh, my brother-in-law was over and was asking me about it. I'm like, dude, it's on. Podcast is already on your iPhone. If you just scroll over. <laughs> I've done that. I've, yeah, I've shown like a bunch of my relatives. who are like, how do you even get podcasts? And I'm like, that. if you have a relatively new iPhone, it is an icon already on your phone. So You just tap it, typed in Locked On Kentucky. It pops up. That's it. Hit subscribe. I even hit subscribe for him. I'm like, look, you just hit subscribe. I'll do it for you. There you go. Yeah, and I get little That's notifications uh, whenever ours is updated and the ones that I subscribe to, so. Yeah, uh, so it's it's easy. Well, what we're talking about today, uh, we got UK football bowl projections change a little bit now that the college football playoff rankings have been updated on Tuesday night. Uh, and then uh, the UK uh, coaching staff is all over the place, out recruiting hard, trying to get some guys. And uh, Rivals also updated its uh, top 100, updated its rankings. That is of interest to UK fans for one guy. Anyway... Um, so we'll talk about that and then, um, uh, and then we'll go from there. I mean, we'll start with that, those things and and we'll see where that takes us. But, uh, you want to go with the bowl rankings first or the bowl uh, projections first, because, you know, the SEC was expected to have four teams in the top 10 and they don't. It's LSU's number two. Georgia is number four. Florida is in there at number nine, and just outside of the top ten are Auburn and Alabama at 11 and 12. So that means um, that uh, the Gator Bowl looks less likely for Kentucky now because the Gator Bowl will have likely an opportunity to choose Tennessee, and since Tennessee beat Kentucky, uh, that could be a spot where Tennessee lands. Uh, I think John Hale of the Courier Journal said if he was picking today, he would go the Belk Bowl. And that seemed less likely uh, earlier this week, uh, just yesterday, Sunday, and, and Monday. The Belk Bowl seemed like maybe the the least. Uh, but Yeah, and I, you know, obviously there's still some chaos that could happen uh, during championship Saturday. Um, namely, if Georgia beats LSU, Georgia and LSU probably both get into the playoff, and that raises everybody up. That get you, then you get another team into a New Year's Day bowl from the league, and that pulls everybody up into a better bowl. Um, and so, in that case, I, I, I don't know for sure, but I think if Georgia were to beat LSU, um, then Kentucky would have a great shot at the Gator. Um, and as John Hale, he's, he's all over this. He follows all the machinations of bowl selection process. He's really probably knows it better than anybody I know, at least when it comes to what you know, are the options for Kentucky. I have Um, just not studied it. I mean, there's so many intricacies and rules about how long it's been since you've been there and all those different things. So yeah, I tend to rely on others when when it comes to And he basically said, and I think from what I gather is, 
is right that it's it'll basically be probably be either Tennessee or Kentucky for the Gator, and I, I think the Gator would be allowed probably to choose Kentucky if they wanted them. I think they liked having Kentucky. They brought a lot of fans, and they'll travel. Um, but if not, uh, the Belk Bowls, you know, it's it's one they haven't been to in this run. They haven't right. one they haven't been to at all, I guess. Um, and so, um, yeah, I mean, I guess that's where things stand. We still we still can't know with a whole lot of certainty, uh, like I said, because I'm I'm rooting for total chaos uh, yeah. on Saturday. I would love like everybody that's in the top five to lose in their their conference championship game. Only Georgia and LSU, one of them will win, but the rest, uh, if Ohio State lost to Wisconsin and uh, Clemson lost to. Uh, Virginia. Virginia and and you know everybody everybody goes down then what you that that's like the, that's the scenario that we've never seen partly because these the the really elite teams it's one of the reasons the four team playoff so far has worked like the top four teams aren't very often gonna even a, even a, in a champion in a conference championship game they don't stub their toe a lot um, but I would love to see total chaos, and in that case, I don't even have any idea what you know what that means for Kentucky. But uh, one thing John did say is that essentially it seems like this is tonight's results and other factors have probably eliminated that. Well, not just tonight's results. I think uh, the Music City Bowl has talked uh, about favoring Louisville, taking Louisville, uh, and in that case, obviously they wouldn't set up a you know. Yeah, turn around, Kentucky. turn right around, and rematch again. Certainly not after the blowout fashion that it was. Um, so you know, that, the Music City Bowl is probably out, and that's fine. Who? I mean, does does Kentucky really need to go back to Nashville again? No, I think um, you know, as fun as Nashville is, I do think Kentucky fans do get a little tired of the Music City Bowl just because they've been so often. Um, uh, unfortunately, the Kentucky Fairleigh Dickinson basketball game is at the exact same time as the Georgia LSU football game. Uh, <laughs> I wonder what people will be watching in the country. Yeah, I mean, uh, the good, good news for Kentucky fans is is that Fairleigh Dickinson is horrible. Yes, as and, we mentioned. And, and Kentucky will win that game by a bunch, and it'll be a huge blowout, and you'll, uh, you'll be able to keep an eye on that. And basketball games are uh, two hours or less usually so that football game will be you'll get to see most of the second half i would imagine one of our uh one of our um football columnists texted me tonight and said did you know that this year's kentucky louisville basketball game is happening at the exact same time as one of the playoff games so that also kind of sucks what (laughs) yeah the Kentucky, oh. the Kentucky Louisville basketball game is happening at the exact same time as one of the national semifinals in football. Oh, good grief, man! That's uh, that seems like poor scheduling. Well, uh, I mean, the good news is is that I have three televisions all hooked up to Directv, <laughs> so and I have I a can... laptop where I can watch. Uh... Uh-huh. Actually, no, you know what though. I... Uh, it, it worked for me at the football stadium. Uh, watching, I watched some of the other games just in a second screen in, on my laptop during the, especially when it got out of hand, the the Kentucky Louisville game the other day. But when I've tried to do that at Rupp Arena, I think Rupp Arena has it blocked. Has uh, Hulu? Sorry, Hulu uh, Live blocked. Really? It, it, every time I've gone, I've tried to pull it up and it doesn't work. Maybe it's just a glitch with my thing. But that, if you want to talk about like. Uh, how do you get people to come to games that aren't coming to games? Making 
whether old school people like it or not, making it accessible to be at a game and be able to use your phone for the things that you might use your TV yeah. for right. is a must. Like, yeah. People want to watch multiple things. They want multiple screens. If they're home, they can have their three TVs and their laptop and their phone and watch every game that's on. Right. If you hold them hostage in your arena and you know it's a blowout or it's a timeout or it's halftime and they can't pull up and watch another game... Uh, I think yeah. that's a I think that's a, a huge mistake. Well, when I go to the Sweet 16 high school basketball tournament at Rupp Arena, it's always the NCAA tournament is going on simultaneously. But I have no problem on my laptop pulling up NCAA tournament games, which I do every year, and uh, sit there and watch the you know the live high school game and keep an eye on what's going on in the NCAA tournament. I mean, you have to. They used to. Um, it's been several years ago. It was pre-prep spin because now uh, they they broadcast all the Sweet 16 high school basketball games so that you can you know pay a fee and watch them on your laptop but since they started that that you know the, the broadcast of the game going on in the arena is what's all over all the any tv monitor anywhere inside Rupp Arena but it used to be that back in the hospitality area they had a big screen tv and it would be on NCAA basketball Oh yeah, uh, and people would be crowded around when a game is close or whatever, and that was always cool to see because you're there, you're still there in attendance, yes. but but you give people the chance to to not miss this. By the way, Fairly Dickinson beat Quinnipiac tonight. Oh, you stole my you stole my news uh, bulletin. I was gonna break in. <laughs> I was gonna I was gonna I was gonna break in with a. I'm sorry. Break up the Knights from T neck T neck New Jersey. Uh, they are no longer fairly Dickinson. They are very Dickinson. <laughs> they, they, they won by a single point over a horrible Quinnipiac team that was ranked 272nd in the Ken Palm rankings. They well, had lost they, five in a row. They have now beaten the number 272 team in the country by a point and a, <laughs> and a non-Division one opponent. FDU Floorham, as we mentioned yesterday, right. and lost all five games in between. So it was a free throw with 12 seconds left. Uh, well, they're it. coming in with some confidence now. They're coming in hot, and uh, I'd I'd put Kentucky on upset alert again. <laughs> well, and the guy that hit the free throw, he had 29 points in the game. His name is Xavier Malone Key, and you know, you know the school Xavier. You don't say Xavier. Yes, it's Xavier. This kid actually spells his name X-Z-A-V-I-E-R, so that you know to say Xavier. Well, that is one way to make sure. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I just go ahead and mark down Xavier for 35 against Kentucky. Yeah, he's going to go off. I assume he'll go bonkers in that game. Uh, And here's the thing. Like, Fairley Dickinson outscored Quinnipiac 44-29 in the first half, and in the second half, Quinnipiac came back and outscored them 48-34. So yeah, it was this a is serious all, this rally. Is a, this is a horrendous team. Uh, <laughs> one team Kentucky's going to play soon is not, and we can uh, we probably take a break and revisit uh, that idea after, uh, after we uh, – Hear from our sponsors. All right, so we'll be back right here on the Locked On Kentucky podcast to talk a little uh, a little more uh, football and some football recruiting as well. First, let me tell you about Audible. Audible has the world's largest selection of audiobooks and audio entertainment. Start listening with a 30-day Audible trial. Choose one audiobook and two Audible originals absolutely free. Visit audible.com slash lockedoncollege.com. 
listening on the go, you, if you can't visit Audible right now, you can find this and all other offers from Locked On Sponsors at LockedOnPodcasts.com forward slash offers. You are Locked On Kentucky, your daily Kentucky Wildcats podcast. Okay, we're back here on the Locked On Kentucky podcast with Kyle Tucker of The Athletic, Dan Reefer here from uh, Fox 56. And yeah, we were just talking about Fairleigh Dickinson and... Uh, they won a game, so look out when they come to Rupp Arena on Saturday. Uh, but we, looking at all this stuff, we look like it looks like uh, the Belk Bowl is is up there uh, for Kentucky because it, it seems that Tennessee would be the favorite favorite to go to the Gator Bowl. Uh, but you know, if Georgia can somehow, I don't see it, but if Georgia can somehow beat LSU, I mean, of the games, uh, that's the one I would. Th- think has the best chance of being an upset because Ohio State has looked absolutely unbeatable, no weakness anywhere. Uh, and that Big Ten championship, when has it ever been close? Yeah. It just seems yeah. like Well, and they're just they're really way. superior. Uh, Clemson is is far superior. I'm not even going to get started on the Dabo Swinney yeah. uh, rant that I went on Twitter today because he was complaining about the ACC, <laughs> which has been right. total dog meat this year, right. not getting enough respect, but uh uh, they they're gonna roll, I would assume, against Virginia. So yeah, uh, yeah I mean Georgia, Georgia LSU is the one is the one game that could be an upset. Although I, I just think LSU is this is like the team of destiny this year. They look so good. It appears um, that way. But if not, yeah. then yeah, Kentucky. A lot of things on the table for Kentucky. Well, let's get on to uh, Kentucky football recruiting news. Uh, Justin Rogers, he's the defensive tackle. Well, he's an offensive guard, but. I think part of the the lure for him to Kentucky was Kentucky said, you want to play defensive tackle? That's fine. You can do that. We don't mind. And now he's been switched anyway to where that is his position of ranking. And Rivals released their new top 100, their updated rankings. And Justin Rogers is now the number 15 player overall, but the second ranked defensive tackle in the country. And no signs of him flipping. No, I think it's. I think they've got him locked up, and I mean, to get a top fifteen player that's not from your home state, even if he was from your home state, everybody in the country would be trying to get him. But to go to go up to Michigan, <laughs> when Michigan's a pretty good, you know, not great. I think people are a little disappointed in Harbaugh, but they're, you know, they're good. Uh, and Ohio State is right there, and so many of those Big Ten programs that are probably bigger names than Kentucky at this point to go up and get that kid and hold on to him for as long. Cause he's been committed for a while. There's been, Since a, I think may there's been a long time for people to try to pick off Kentucky. And at one point, Kentucky's two and three and wavering again, when we talk about the value of, of what Lynn Bowden and, and the improved defense kind of saving this season, the more than anything, it's about the future. I mean, uh, in the scheme of things, will a seven a seven and five season do a lot for you? You know your perception, probably not. But if it saved this recruiting class, then it may have launched you know them into the next next level for the future because they're gonna. It looks like they're gonna hold on to that kid. That that's just we talk about. Can you win up front at Kentucky? Can you go just beat people at the offensive and defensive lines? And they've been doing that, and largely they've been doing it with development guys or a lot of development guys more than high-end guys if you're now going and getting the number two ranked defensive tackle in the country the kind of guys that Alabama's getting right you know that's that's different um and they're loading up I mean if if they do keep him on defense 
they are loading up on defensive linemen in this class and not done. Um, you know, they're they, trying to go get this kid out of uh, Mississippi. Well, they've got the, the other defensive tackle slash in Trayvon Ribka uh, out of Tennessee, a four-star kid, again, going out of state and getting a, a high-end uh, player. Um, they've got uh, uh, Samuel, Samuel Anali, I think you say, the four-star mm-hmm. defensive end out of Miami, Florida. Again, like how are they, how are they going and getting uh, these level guys? And then uh, Tyler Barron is the kid from Knoxville that they've, they've basically been on a whirlwind recruiting tour since they ended. Mark Stoops referenced it in the post-game press conference after they beat Louisville. I'm about to, we're all about to hit the road. My assistants are on me. Like, want you here, here, and here. Uh, Vince Merrow tweeted out a picture of a private jet and said, I'm about to go lock up this recruiting class. They've been in Louisville on guys. They've, they've went and visited Tyler Barron, who I, I, I think they are in really good shape with, um, four-star defensive end out of Tennessee, whose dad is on the staff um, at Tennessee. And then That's crazy to me. And then yeah. the, good, the good fortune. I mean, how much do you have to not like your dad? <laughs> yeah. uh, and then um, – the, you mentioned the four-star defensive tackle um, out of Mississippi who was committed to Ole Miss, and now Ole Miss has had a coaching change. Uh, John Sumrall goes down there and, and goes right to work out. They had, and they, not just him, they had the entire coaching staff, basically. Stoops and all the defensive guys were there visiting him tonight before he takes an official visit to Kentucky this weekend. I that would seem to bode pretty well, I would think, for Kentucky. Yeah, Josiah Hayes, I believe, is his name. And um, and then Octavius Oxendine out of North Harden High School. Another defensive he, lineman. Another defensive lineman. He had 14 and a half sacks as a defensive lineman this season at North Harden, who went, went undefeated until they lost to Trinity in the semifinals uh, last weekend. Uh, he's a big old boy. Uh, and Vince Merrow, they, there was a picture tweeted out today with uh, Vince Merrow visiting him. Uh, so, so yeah, you're looking at uh, some some big boys, and that I mean that's the difference. That's that's what it is. Whenever you talk to anyone about SEC football, one of the things they always come back to is the line of scrimmage. That uh, the defensive linemen, the mobility at the size these guys are, is just different from anywhere else. Logan Stenberg, after the game Friday or Saturday, said uh, somebody was asking him about. Well, you know, being able to rush for them that many yards and have so much ease doing it against Louisville and said, well, they're an ACC team. They're not used to people running between the tackles on them. And I don't think they had a defensive lineman who was over 300 pounds. So that helped. Yeah. I mean, they're just, they, they just make them different in the SEC. There are some, some real freaks on the lines of scrimmage. That's, that, that's the difference. So, and then, you know, you got to have a quarterback and Kentucky's had some issues with that. But I, I think they, you know, I think they feel pretty good about Joey Gatewood, uh, yeah. the Auburn transfer. I, uh, I uh, talked to our Auburn guy at the Athletic, uh, Justin Ferguson, uh, last night. I just said, hey, if, if they end up getting this kid, he's taking two visits. I think they feel good about him. You know, is he good, basically? Uh, and he said, in the right scheme, he could be really good. He, he said he, he's a, a freak athlete at a freakish size. You know, he's kind of Cam Newton-sized. Um, that he can really run it, and he needs to play behind a run, you know, in a run-oriented offense and a run behind a good run-blocking offensive line. And Auburn was more 
had a more pass-blocking-oriented offensive line and maybe didn't play to his strengths. He's not a great thrower. He needs to improve as a passer, but can throw it a little bit. Um, to me, it feels like he might be a perfect fit for, for Kentucky, certainly the way they've been playing with their quarterbacks. Um, so if you get him, if you get uh, – you know, you're going to get the, the LSU top 50 recruit from transferred from LSU at cornerback who sat out this year, practiced with the team. Uh, you get him next season. I mean, Kentucky's going to have a huge infusion of talent, it seems like. Yeah, absolutely. Well, we need to take another break. Um, and uh, when we come back, we'll we'll talk um, uh, about that dominating performance, the Louisville basketball team in their newly uh, number one ranking. They they proved it tonight against Michigan. Uh, so we'll, we'll discuss that a little bit. And also uh, – uh, are we sure no one's going to snatch Stoops? I mean, is he secure? <laughs> we'll also get into that. This is Locked On Kentucky, your team every day. All right, we're back here on Locked On Kentucky. Kyle Tucker from The Athletic, Dan Reefer with Fox 56 here, and we were talking a little bit of football recruiting uh, and also UK bowl game projections. Uh, and now uh, you wonder... I mean, Mark Stoops said that he wasn't, you know, going to Florida State, that he, uh, that his heart's at Kentucky. Even when he said that, I had some people say to me, yeah, well. If they, have, if they offer enough, if they come and actually want to, you know. Exactly. Yeah. Yes. So we've yeah, heard I that Yeah, I, I think the initial reaction was like, well, he's not their top choice, so this isn't necessarily him saying no to them. It's him saying, I'm not, I don't want to be your, you know, third, fourth, fifth choice. Right. And so I can spin this as I turn down Florida State to stay here. Um, but, you know, I do think, I, I, I think bottom line is if they, if they came and made a, a, a hard push, you'd have to worry about it. But um, I have, I would just say I have good reason to believe that that is not going to happen. I think, I think people can probably breathe easy on Mark Stoops in Florida State and him uh, staying here. Uh, for one, I mean, you, you just kind of look at what his schedule has been. He's been all over the country recruiting for Kentucky in the last three days. Um, so he's he's certainly not behaving like a man who's talking to other people and thinking about going other places. He's I think I think he's really excited about all the guys they have coming back. I mean, they can mm-hmm. have eight, eighteen starters yeah. back, I think. Um, and and then when you add on top of that that he has a real chance at putting together a like top 20 recruiting class uh maybe his best ever um there's a lot for him to be excited about and and the and the bottom line is if he stays at Kentucky and he wins eight games in a given year he's a hero almost every year there's I I can't think of many seasons where Kentucky fans would be displeased with eight wins right Uh, maybe we'll get to a point where it'll become consistent and they'll want more uh, I mean, the expectations always go up over time, uh, but historically, if you're uh, if you're winning seven, eight games and have a chance to jump up and win nine one year, then then you're a hero here. If you go to Florida State or you go to one of these other places that would be an upgrade and sort of status, you don't you either win ten and get in the national championship picture soon, or you're gone and before your first contract's up. And, yeah. and I think he knows that too. I mean. He's set up at Kentucky to just stay here and, and keep it at this level for the foreseeable future and, and keep making a pile of money. It's not like Kentucky ain't paying him. I mean, they've, right. they've, they've adjusted their salaries and they're paying uh, market value now. Well, speaking of openings, Arkansas has an opening and uh, a source told the football scoop that 
they met with Mike Leach in recent days to discuss the job. Could you imagine Mike I Leach? I would love Mike Leach to be in the, in SEC. the SEC. Yes. It'd be bad news. Uh, you know, it would be bad news for like Mitch Barnhart uh, if he goes there <laughs> and he's really good because Kentucky yeah. fans, no matter what Mark Stoops and Eddie Grand do, uh, yeah. if they're not like winning the national title, there will be a segment of the Kentucky fan base that would be furious that they didn't have Mike Leach uh, and the air raid. But nah, well, they're, it, good for the league. There was also a huge snub when it comes to uh, the Broyles Award, which is given out to the uh, best, you know, the top assistant coach in college football, which Eddie Grand should absolutely, or Brad White. I was going to say, you can make, make a either pretty one. darn good case for either one of those. Uh, instead, it's the Baylor defensive coordinator, it's the Georgia defensive coordinator, LSU's passing game coordinator, Joe Brady. Yeah, he's transformed them. He's going to yeah. win the thing. Like, I think run away with it, but... Ohio State's I don't, co-defensive coordinator and then Utah defensive coordinator. I don't even Those think Eddie. Five, I don't think Eddie or Brad White even made the earlier list. Yeah, those uh, were the five finalists. So yeah, yeah, the original list of semi-finalists. Um, I actually haven't even looked at that yet, but I guess they didn't because we would have we would have said something about it had they been yeah, a semi-finalist. I don't. I don't think they were, but but yeah. Um, what were we else going to talk? Oh, the basketball game. There's kind of a significant oh basketball. Gosh. Yes. Kind of a significant basketball game in the state tonight. Uh, number one Louisville, newly crowned number one Louisville. And from unranked to number four this week, Michigan uh, going to the Yum Center. It was an ugly game. It was never really close. Um, you know, it's Michigan hard. made a little bit of a run in the second half to cut it down, and then Louisville came right back and clamped down on defense. Yeah, I mean, Louisville was up 10. At, I mean, they got out at, I think, 18-5 to 5 to start the game. Uh, Michigan had five points after, like, 12 minutes. It was not pretty. Uh, and some of that, like, I thought Louisville played terrific defense. Some of it, as people pointed out in my uh, timeline, some of it was Michigan missing open shots. They were 3 of 19 from 3, and they had some open ones and just didn't make them. Um, but Louisville played very good. That pack line defense was very disruptive. The other thing I took away from watching that is Louisville is a long team. They've got some yeah. size. They, had, they ended up with three guys with 10-plus rebounds, Nora, Sutton, and Enoch. Enoch? Enoch? I, Enoch. I forget how you – Enoch, Enoch. Stephen Enoch. Um, and Nora was, you know, everything he's been advertised, 22 points, 12 rebounds. He had a um, P.J. Washington hook shot in the lane. I mean, it looked just like P.J. Yeah. Washington. He's – He's a great player, and Kentucky's going to have a – they're going to have their hands full with him, with Sutton, with – I mean, all those guys. Yeah. Um, you know, they're going to be able to be – to throw some size, to throw some mature body. I mean, those guys aren't freshmen. They're some, you know, big physically, mentally mature guys. Um, that defense is really disruptive. You know, Louisville's offense wasn't any great shakes either. 58-43 to 43 was the final. Um, but – you know, to go out, considering the fate of every number one team to this point, to go out and do that to a top five team, and you say, oh, well, Michigan was overrated. I'm sorry, but, like, body of work, nobody in the country had a better body of work than Michigan to this point. They beat three top 40 teams in a week, in three days, in fact, uh, last yeah. week. They beat Jeff Goodman came out on Twitter uh, before the game and said he would have had Michigan number one. I would have had him number one. I mean, if it's just yeah. on what you've done already. They, they beat three top 40s. They beat two top 10s uh, in three days. And, I mean, people thought Gonzaga might – maybe Gonzaga's the best team in the country. Uh, they, they beat Michigan State in, a, in a, one of those secret scrimmages before the year and had looked great early. 
<coughs> excuse me, and they handled them. That was the thing, too. They, they didn't just beat them. They soundly beat Gonzaga and, and North Carolina. And they come into the Yum Center. Maybe it was a hangover. They're obviously traveling. They were coming from, uh, where they, in the Bahamas, I believe, uh, and yeah. played. did have to play those three games in three days. Um, so maybe there's a little bit of that. But they got handled tonight. Louisville looked really good. And, you know, we're, what now, 25 days away yeah. as we record this from Kentucky-Louisville. Kentucky's going to have to figure some things out. Uh, yeah, Camp Cal better, uh, better work. Yeah, I mean, I, and that is usually like late December time is usually where Cal Perry's defenses start to take shape. And based on the way I saw Louisville defend tonight, I mean, that, that could be a rock fight. You know, no, who's first, first to 50 is going to win. Yeah. Um, but I, I, I think very much UK and UK fans are on notice now that this Louisville team is pretty legit, I think. Yeah, just a few numbers from Michigan. I mean, 6 of 30 in the first half shooting. Uh, they wind up shooting 25.9% for the game. They had four second-chance points. Louisville had 12. They had two fast-break points. So, I mean, that tells you what Louisville is doing defensively on the glass and in transition to make sure that doesn't happen in transition. Yeah, they, uh, you know, they kind of cut off every drive at the point of attack defensively. Um, Michigan didn't have it. Didn't look like they had a great offensive plan. <laughs> they didn't really make no. Louisville work. But uh, you know, I I don't discount the results. I mean, they they won a comfortable fifteen point victory. Um, and and by the way, as I'm as we're recording this, also Duke has pretty much been in complete command at Michigan State. Uh, yeah, all the way through. Way. There's twelve minutes to go, and uh, Vernon Carey is just just feasting on them inside. Now it's a 14-point game with 12 minutes to go. If Michigan State loses this, it'll be three losses in eight games for the pre- like the unanimous preseason yeah. number one team, yeah. um, which, once again, takes a lot of – puts a little scuff on the shine of Kentucky's signature win to this point. All right, well, that's going to do it for us on this edition of Locked on Kentucky. Remember to subscribe, and you can follow us on Twitter. I'm at D-R-I-E-F-F-E-R, at D-Reefer. Kyle is at? Kyle Tucker underscore A-T-H. All right, thanks for listening, guys. We'll talk to you tomorrow. You are Locked on Kentucky. Available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or tell Alexa or Google to play podcast Locked On. Don't worry, I won't finish. You get the idea.